we go. This is the first installment of Referee Rant, the podcast, The Rant. I'm Ralph the Ref. Uh, this is something new. It's one of my passion projects. Uh, I officiate a lot of sports, and I wanted uh, some sort of an avenue to speak on different things that happen in different sports. Uh, I always find that I have a lot of different things to say to different people, and I always wish that I could somehow share it. So here's my vision for sharing it want to discuss uh, new experiences in refing. This is something that will be beneficial for new refs, veterans to share their experiences, blowing a whistle, or making a call. This first episode is with Jeff Nescafair, one of my best friends. He's a flag football ref. We started out. Uh, and you'll hear some overlap in the beginning of this because this podcast is still new, so we're still working the production side of it. But nonetheless, the information is gold, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the first podcast of Referee Rant. My name is Ralph Fernolis, here with my man, Jeff Lescaflair. What's up? What up, world? How you doing, Ralph? Good. Long time no see. Well, we just had a game uh, at Bethpage High School. We Correct. both had one game each. I had a blowout. What did you have? Uh, I had a close game, very competitive. Final score was 26 to 24, and I came down to the wire. All right, so we'll just talk a little bit about uh, your refereeing experience. First off, how many sports do you officiate? I only officiate one sport which is flag football, which uh, me and you ref the same league. Doing it about six years, maybe a little less, or maybe a little more. But uh, I've been very consistent with it. Um, normally in the spring and the fall, I ref. And I've ascended very, very fast along with you, Ralph. Tell me uh, how you got started. Like, how did you get started? Uh, well, all the way from the beginning. All the way from the beginning. So me and Ralph, I've known him for about uh, 10, 11 years right now. And we used to play flag football as players within the same league we ref for, which is the Long Island Flag Football League. Acronym is L-I-F-F-L, uh, Long Island League, mainly in NASA and Suffolk. And we played summer of 2012. Um, we played six games in the regular season. Uh, I remember the first four games, our standing was 1-3. and three. And then we had a doubleheader for the last regular season game. We won the last two. And we had a, a bid to the playoffs. So we were hyped up, ready to go. I remember we had, we, uh, I think our game was at uh, Field of Dreams in Massapequa Park. <clears throat> and we had everything prepared to like win the Super Bowl because that's how hyped we were. We had a cooler. I think we had a tent all provided by Ralph. We were just ready to win it all. And we got blown out. <laughs> we were terrible. I don't think I even touched the, the football. I don't even think it was thrown to me. Not that it made an indication that, you know, it would have changed the game. But as a ref, uh, we were just terrible, basically. We were just unorganized. We were unfamiliar with the rules. And that was that. So our, our season ended uh, very quickly. And then um, during the regular season, uh, we know a mutual ref. His name is uh, Lucy Sear. And he did all our games in the summer. And Ralph got, very, uh, got acquainted with him. And then uh, Lou put Ralph on first. <laughs> And he started refing for, I think, a year prior before me. And how I got into it, Ralph recommended that I do it. I went to the to What the did plat- I say to you? I don't know what you said. You just were being yourself and trying to sway me to, to do it. So, obviously, I accepted. I don't know if I was reluctant because I'm the type of person that's very reluctant at first before I commit to anything. But, you know, I went to the classes. Easy enough. Um, what nope. did the classes consist of? Do you remember? Honestly, it only consisted of going over the rules for eight men, five men, nine men, and I think youth as well. 
I think, yeah. Right, so if people are unfamiliar with flag football, it's basically a PG-13 version of tackle football. There's no tackling involved, yep. and they, everyone wears uh, these belts that have flags attached to it. Mm -hmm. Normally there's three, one on each side and also one in the, the back. back. Yep. And what happens is you're down at the spot where the hips are mm -hmm. whenever you're, the flag is uh, completely off a uh, offensive player's body, whoever is carrying the ball. Yep. Um, also... Uh, I'll probably attach this into the notes. Uh, there was this article in the New York Times of how the NFL is pumping money into flag football, yep. and it's one of the fastest growing sports in America. Yes. So that's what we ref, and there's a couple of different variations of flag football, one being 5-on-5 five five adult. Yep. There's another one, 8-on-8, uh, eight eight, which there's a little bit more contact. They have a, a line of three people, offensive line and defensive line, like you would in mm -hmm. regular football, and they have open-hand contact. And there's also a nine-man version, which is uh, four uh, linemen and offensive and defensively. Those games get very physical. There's a lot of things to watch. Five-man is something that Jeff and I do, and we also do kids. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a little different game. It's seven-on-seven, seven, mm -hmm. and I think it's sponsored officially by the NFL as well. Which is correct. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. So that's how I got started. Now... Like I uh, stated earlier in the podcast, I've been doing it about roughly six years because you started, what, 2012? 12. So I came in 2013, so five years. So um, me and Ralph have, well, let me just talk about myself. But anyway, so um, classes were relatively easy. Um, no final exam, uh, at least for this league. You just attend the classes, get familiar with the eight-man, nine-man, five-man rules and the youth rules. And then basically, you're, you're practically in uh, LIFFL, uh, Flag Football League. Now doesn't mean you're particularly prepared to take the field and make those calls because being a player is completely different from being a, a referee itself, a very different perspective on, on the entire game. Um, less motions are involved or no emotions are involved when you're a ref. You have to be very unbiased. And the reality is as a ref, you'll have a, a, a biased opinion on what team you want to win, but you can't convey that. You just internalize it, which is fine. But at the same time, you cannot be biased if any teams or sway the game by, you know, throwing uh, inappropriate flags on the field because that's just, that's not, the integrity is not right. Simple as that. But anyways, uh, I remember my first game was an eight-man game. It was at Mitchell Field. First ever game? First ever, Mitchell Field. Okay. I forgot the name of the ref. Uh, if, I rec if I see him, I recognize him. I've seen him. I don't think he remembers me, but regardless of the fact, I had... Three games in total. One C division, maybe two B. And boy, was I shook, and boy, was I terrible. Uh, what made you terrible? What made you shook? Honestly, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, basically, I was just standing there collecting money. I was afraid to call penalties because I didn't know what exactly I was looking for. And because, you know, because you're a football fan and watching on TV doesn't mean you're ready to be on the field. It doesn't mean anything. You, it just takes experience to get used to the game, simple as that. But I did terrible. The first game, if not the second game, oh, my God. Um, I remember I didn't call a penalty on something. I forgot it was, and the players were ripping me, right? I didn't even know what to say, so I just took it. And then it was, uh, it was like first in, or it could be first, second, or third in the goal line, in the red zone. Quarterback throws a center pass, throws a high so the receiver could catch it in the air. Because he's more athletic and he could jump higher, it seemed like. So two defenders went up with the receiver. I threw a flag as a reaction. To, or actually, I called pass to the first, which was the wrong call. Because I was shook. And they got very, very upset. I think the team ultimately called, uh, um, 
scored a touchdown. And I don't remember the outcome of the game, but I just remember in totality when I was on the field, I was shook. It wasn't showing on my face, but I was like, wow, I don't know what, what I'm not what I don't know what I'm doing. I hope there are no penalty calls for the rest of the game. That's how I felt personally. This is my personal experience, so everybody's different on how they approach things. But I'm gonna talk about how I became very good. Uh, so let, let's go back before you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to say that. So after that game, and you said you were pretty nervous the whole time, right? Yeah. Did it make you feel like you didn't want to do it anymore? What no, you, I was going to keep you, going. Now, what, what made you decide that you wanted to keep going, even though you had a bad first Honestly, experience? Honestly, I don't like to be a quitter. I'll be honest. Despite how shook I was, I did not want to be a quitter. It has nothing to do with the money either. I just, deep down... And uh, I just don't like to quit in a sense because I know I'm capable of doing certain things. And I felt like flat football was one of them. I wasn't embarrassed, but at the same time, I wasn't ready. I was basically thrown into the fire, which is normally the case in life. But uh, my second, well, well after, after, after those three games, I, I, I emailed, I think it was Wes, right? Now, Wes was uh, one of the assigners at the time, and yeah. he was also uh, one of the administrators of the league. Yes, correct. And I told him, and I'm bluntly saying this, I do not want to do an man again. I prefer one to stick to five-man. And then he honored that, and then I've been doing five-man ever since. I don't think I've, I haven't done one single eight-man game ever since I started. So, And honestly, I think I, I recommend everybody start with youth and five-man because – you have to graduate to eight man, to be honest, because because of the personalities. Five man can be translated eight man, but eight man, it's really difficult. And I've refed with eight man refs on five man games, and they have difficulty translating eight man to five man because of the physicality and the rules are different. But five man eight man is it's more of a, a better trajectory personally. And just to say, I could do eight man, but I just don't want to deal with the personalities themselves because it's just. They're crazy. They all think the NFL players not to knock any of them. Uh, they're all athletic and pretty good at eight man. It's just not something I want to deal with uh, on on a one day basis, weekly basis. But anyways, second uh, the following week, I refed with uh, one of our fr- uh, refs, coworkers, uh, Mike Gagliano. Um, I refed week two and week three with him, and in week two we refed the fireman's field, and. Uh, uh, we did a game, and I remember, uh, I think it was a close score, and uh, quarterback throws the ball down the field, and there was a pass interference play for sure, but I messed up because it was an offensive pass interference, but I called it defensive, so I fumbled my words. So it gave the offensive team an opportunity to score again, and they didn't score and they wind up losing. Mom's just like, wow, I'm not getting it, right? Like, how am I going to do this? So Wait, you mean you messed up in the moment and you were like, ah, I keep, this, yeah. is, this might not be for me? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's just that, you know, it's week two, I made the wrong call. I'm glad, like, that that team didn't win because they didn't deserve it based on my uh, my wrong play call. But at the same time, it's like, wow, this is going to take some time. And I didn't feel like, like I was going to give up. But at the same time, it's like I got a lot of work to do. So I enjoyed working with Mike, and I did it the following week, and I think maybe another week after that. But anyway, fast forwarding, uh, I got really good one season. I think it was the fall season of 2014, if not 15, because um, 
I don't know, some organically I became a head ref. So I guess players started talking, noticing how better, much better I've gotten. And there was one week uh, during the fall season, I was just on fire. Like, I felt like, honestly, I was doing the games by myself because uh, since I was a head ref, um, I was working with other refs that were fairly new and didn't know we were in the same position as me when I was first started as well. So I took the responsibilities just take it over, which is the job of the head ref. Uh, well, actually, it is, actually. It's just, well, they do take over, but at the same time, you need support from the other ref as well on the field, depending on what, uh, where you're standing. Um, but I just remember I was like, you know what? These refs are not helping me. I just got to take over myself. And I was just on and on and on. I was doing pretty well. And then that's, how, that's what helped me build my confidence, which was a major factor in my ascension in the league. And I started just being... Uh, like I said, more confident, um, started um, just doing a better job. And then I guess, you know, players noticed, um, Phil noticed, West noticed, even the, our commissioner noticed, and they started giving me more games after that. And then um, ever since then, I just, you know, kept doing well. So my confidence was being built up. Uh, I wasn't scared to throw the flag anymore. As a ref, I was I'm more lenient with the 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 penalties as opposed to Ralph, which is that thing. But every refs have their own way of doing things, which is fun. But usually during playoff times, you know, I start I stop being leading. I start like being very strict. Um, but once I built up my confidence, I, it just became easier for me personally. And at the same time, when I uh, I was never really engaging with players because I was so used to players just getting upset during the game at me for whatever reason it may be. So I took a, a page from Ralph's notebook and just started, you know, communicating with the players because they're human beings. So I want to convey that I'm a human being as well. And then that helped a lot because now they know me. Now I'm more confident than I was since the beginning. Um, I know what I'm doing. And I love doing flag football because I'm engaged. And that's the key. to I think that's two uh, intangibles and attributes that are very um, important to being a ref is confidence and just being engaged. I don't even use a counter to keep track of the downs. I never did from the beginning. I didn't even know what it was, to be honest. I just, the more, the louder I was, the more engaged I was, it just, it just stuck to my mind from there. So that's how I pretty much ascended to flag football. Okay, so one thing for our audience, just to let everyone know, mm -hmm. even though Jeff is really good at officiating flag football, he likes to take two seasons off, which is a, a significant chunk yes. of time. He does a ref in the winter and uh, winter and summer. Yeah, summer I do sometimes, but I have no control over that. But I did that to myself because I I take a lot of days off too. So naturally, I wouldn't get all the games I want, which is fine. But I'm the type of guys like if they give me the game, they give me the games, because I know my value in the league. They know it, they know it, and um, honestly, when it, I mean personally, I, I don't mind doing the winter, but. I work at my full-time job is construction. I'm already freezing as it is, <laughs> so I'm good. So they respect that I'm off, whether they like it or not, because they know, you know, I'm a, I'm an asset. Mm. So. Okay. All right. One thing that I did want to discuss with you, um, you had a ill, short-fated uh, career as a softball official. <laughs> um, one of our guys that we were talking about before, Lucy Sear, mm -hmm. he uh, ended up starting a softball association um, since another association was having trouble at the mm -hmm. time and he enlisted both Jeff and myself uh, to do some games now 
uh, I refed uh, softball a little bit beforehand, and I had my own experience, and I'm sure mm-hmm. I'll discuss that at, at another podcast. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted you to discuss uh, what softball, everything from soup to nuts, your experience. Okay. Uh, I'll keep it brief because I have no choice because I had a brief career in softball. <laughs> so how I heard about softball was from you, Ralph. And when every time you talk about softball, uh, I've known you for a very long time. And one attribute that is special about you, you're very confident in everything you do despite you knowing what you're doing now. It doesn't matter what aspect of life it is. But many of the times when you talk about softball, when you first started, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm shook. <laughs> and I don't know how I'm doing this or why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. That's the impression you gave me about softball. That wasn't the impression that I was trying to give off on purpose. That's just really what it was. Yeah. So ultimately, we wound up uh, doing softball. And um, uh, okay, so at the time, oh, we had classes every Wednesday night. And mentally, I wasn't prepared because I was tired from my full-time job. So I was I, almost every single night, I was just... So tired, I could barely pay attention. And I underestimated softball because I thought it was exactly like baseball, but it was like an, uh, an, uh, a, a, a smaller version because softball compared to baseball, baseball is more competitive as far as, you know, the rules, so I thought, and the athleticism evolved. I mean, softball's for everybody. It's more for people that are not athletes and they just love to hit and just play as opposed to baseball, which involves a 90-mile-per-hour fastball and hand-eye coordination. And people that are good. Yeah, so I, I went into softball class thinking, like, not thinking that it was easy. I'm thinking, like, if I know baseball, as far as the rules, which I think I do for the most part, then I could get through softball. Also, before you go on, mm-hmm. did you ever think at any point in time that softball would be much more challenging than flag football? No. You thought it would be way easier. I, I didn't have... I, I didn't think it was going to be way easier. I didn't know what to expect, I'll okay. be honest with you. I, I didn't compare both of them. I just wanted to see, you know, just feel it out. Oh, boy. It, did not, it didn't turn out the way I anticip, uh, not anticipated. The way I... Uh, basically, I thought it was going to be like baseball. But it was nothing like baseball. It was involved a lot of intricacies that I was completely unaware. Then I realized a lot of these uh, uh, umps... Uh, have umpted uh, uh, other leagues besides the one that, uh, beside uh, LISL, which is you're, the league that was. You're, you're meaning that when you were taking the class, everyone was already experienced. Yourself. Yes, exactly. So that probably discouraged you a lot That discouraged well. me for sure. So everybody was understanding what was going on in class. I was like, what is going on? I don't even know what this means. I, this is softball for real? And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go to class every Wednesday night and listen to this. So, um by the time we had to take the final exam, I remember I was being, I was so shook. Like, I'm like I felt like I was going to fail the test. Why am I going to study? I wasn't even going to study. I was just either going to bomb it, show up and bomb it and not study, or just not show up at all. So oh, you would think about not showing up. Yeah, that's serious. So I wound up uh, studying a bit here and there at work during the winter. Was it during the winter? Yeah, it was definitely during the winter. And then... Um, it was towards the end of yeah, the winter. like February or March, right? And then I went to the exam that Sunday morning, I think, if not Saturday morning. I think it was Saturday morning, actually. And then I barely passed. Actually, I failed it by one question. And the commissioner of the league noticed it and finagled it in a way that, you know, he's like, you know what? I think you, you meant to answer it this way. Instead of A, I think you meant to put B, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, you passed just like that. So I barely passed 
by the by the two, just barely. So I'm like, oh, okay, I, I I guess I do belong. I I did pretty well, and I was shook this entire time. Maybe I'm just underestimating myself, right? So we did field training. Uh, my problem was um, uh, what's it called? Um, recognizing the strike in the balls. To this day, I have no idea how to do it. According to Ralph, you just have to feel it out, and that is what I said to you. Yeah, just feel it out. You'll figure it out. And then when people would explain uh, explain the strike zone to me, I still didn't understand it. I was like, "How am I supposed to figure this out?" So, um, I did my I did I've I only did four games within the the, the league. The first two games. Now, were, wait, when you did two games, you did two double headers, meaning two, two double headers, okay, correct? So, um, the so fir- two two behind the plate and two in the in the field. Yes, yes. So the first game, um, we had a a home plate mat. So it makes the, the strike so much easier because the ball hits it, it's so max strike. So those games were, were good. But when I did the last two games at another field on another night or day, actually, it was a night, actually. Oh, boy. I did not know what I was getting into. Do you remember who you were umpiring? I, I don't remember. He was pretty good, though. It's just Was he feeling bad for you? Was he trying to help you? Uh, he was, but it's like he knew that I was a rookie and... I was getting killed, basically. But, I mean, did he step up and try to protect you, though? Oh, yeah. He, he did a great job right. as a head ump. It's just that a lot of things were just you not just going right. My mechanics were off. Um, I remember, and I remember Lou said this in a meeting, like, <laughs> wait. Like, there, there'll be instances where if uh, um, the catch, not the catcher, um, the outfielder, if they catch the ball, wait to blow the whistle. Because it might be a chance that, you know, then you might drop the ball. Guess what happened? They, it happened. Yeah. He caught the ball, so I thought I blew the whistle, and I turned my head, and all of a sudden, uh, guys were screaming. I'm like, "What happened? Oh, you dropped the ball! How could you blow the whistle?" I'm like, "Are you serious? I can't believe this happened to me. <laughs> I can't believe this happened to me." The strike zone—I didn't know what my strike zone was. I'll be honest with you. I was just like, whatever I thought was a strike, <laughs> just calling it. I was just counting down the number of innings until uh, uh, it was over, and boy. I got through it, and then uh, Dennis Owell, he was a commissioner at the time, was there. He didn't see the game, I don't think. I think he had a game after uh, me. Where was the game? Mitchell Field? Yes, it was Mitchell Field. And I remember one player was screaming at Dennis with his back turned to him. Uh, I don't think it was directed at me, but I think he was telling Dennis, like, you don't know what you're teaching your arms. What are you doing? I think they just had previous history together. And I was like, wow, this was not for me. And then at the end of that night, I, I went to at the Gucci's house to watch the Warriors game. And then uh, that was my last game because I did not f- uh, request any games on Arbiter. <laughs> so, and that was it, huh? Yeah. So basically, honestly, in the long run, I would have got better if I... If you 1,000% st- would have got yeah, better. Yeah, if I stuck to it. And most important, I wasn't shook. I just had to take my lickings, and that's about it. But I was just too shook to stick with it. And... That's the only reason why I didn't stick with it, to mm. be honest. I was just being, uh, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, you can curse. Just a, a yeah, baby. I was just being a pussy, to be honest. So, it's just, and I remember you told me, you just have to take your licking, so you'll just start and standing and feeling, and it just get better. It took you probably like 50 games, if I remember. Yeah, I'd say it took me 50 yeah. games, and, and, I mean, truth be told, I, I don't do softball anymore. Yeah, but you got better to the point where you liked it a lot well, at that time. I, I just know for myself, I have it in my back pocket. At any uh, given time, I could still do softball. I could do a high-level game right now because I just officiate all the time. So yeah. that's not anything that I could not understand what, if I needed to. But 
I'll say that had I not done softball, I wouldn't have been more patient in other sports, and mm -hmm. I don't think it would have led me to um, want to elevate in baseball. Because baseball is the real thing to me now. So, yeah. so I'm happy that I, I did it, and mm -hmm. you know I feel the same way as you. It's I don't know. It's weird, and if you don't take enough time for you to uh, at least get used to it, mm -hmm. then yeah, that's how it's always going to be. Yeah, because you know I, I felt like that too, but that's that's another podcast. Yeah. Um, so. You stop doing softball. You only do flag football. Correct. One thing that I always tell you from time to time is that I think you would make an excellent basketball official. Okay. What is your interest in that, and what would the right conditions be for you to even entertain trying to get certified and then starting that up? Um, because, I, and, and I'm only saying this to you, and I always say this to you frequently, because most of our conversations are basketball centered because that's yes. what we both love. And that's, and that's my favorite sport to play. And that's so. my favorite sport as well. That's my heart even more than football in general. And um, it's not that I don't have a vested interest in basketball per se because I, I'm actually when I watch the games now I'm you know I'm interested in what the reps are doing, the position, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm, I'm going to get more into that uh, in general as far as refing. And uh, but with basketball, uh, I don't want to say I'm not. No, I won't say I'm not ready. I'm ready anytime I want. Uh, like I told you, uh, when I last saw you, I feel like I will not have enough time. And you think uh, on the contrary, but at the same time right now, I'm focused on my full time, which I'm doing very, very well. And I don't want to do it uh, a half-assed job as far as like do a game here and there. And I know I have control over that, which is manageable, but at the same time, you know, uh, I guess uh, I guess the timing isn't, isn't right for me right now. Uh, I can't elaborate on that because I don't know what to say to explain that. But, like, the beauty about refing, um, it's technically an age of sport. You don't have to be under your 40s just like players to, you know, ex uh, uh, succeed in that sport. Refing, you could do it at 50, et cetera, et cetera. Basketball, when it's time, if I do decide to do it ultimately, then, you know, I'll have all the time in the world to do so. If I don't, that's fine as well. But right now my focuses are every, uh, elsewhere. Mm. All right. Um, anything else you want to add to the referee rant? I guess let's talk about um, one good thing that you like about refing, hmm? one bad thing that you hate about refing, and one sticky situation that you previously just got into. One good thing about refing, from my personal experience, um, I built a lot of confidence thanks to it. Uh, and I translated it to my, my life and mainly uh, my full-time job, which is uh, in construction, basically. And it got me very, very far because I feel since I'm more confident, I, I know how to talk to people, how to, uh, and I'm just not shook to talk to people in general. Not that I was in general, but it's just like it, it translated very well in my personal life. Uh, what I hate about refing, I don't hate anything about refing. The only annoying, irritating thing about refing is just hearing players complain, which is, you know, natural thing to happen. Uh, to happen. And it's understandable because, uh, being a ref, you have to be poised. You have to be unbiased. And being a player, it's, uh, you're always emotional. And sometimes you're rational. But at the same time, you, it just comes with the territory. And what's, what I find irritating about it is when people are, I don't mind when people are upset about a call, whether they agree with it or not, whether I agree with it or not, and vice versa. It's just that when they're very incessant, like, it's over move on and players don't understand that or some players don't just move on i'm not going to reverse the call it can happen but at the same time move on and when games get like that i get irritated i'm not saying i'm going to react nor have i ever because you're not supposed to but at the same time it's not in your best interest as a player 
to upset the ref because you're not going to gain anything out of it. Uh, and what was the last question again? I forgot. Um, the last sticky situation that you got, a scenario that has happened. Oh, uh, yes. I remember. This is recent, actually. And um, playoff game, spring season. This is flag football? Flag football. So okay. let's put our ref. But anyways, um, uh, close game, right? The team that had the ball in the red zone were down by less than a possession. Actually, a possession. So they're down by seven points with, uh, let's say, less than 10 seconds left, right? So QB throws the ball in the middle of the end zone. Receiver jumps up, and there's a taller defender behind him. He jumps over his back, right? And it was all legal. He didn't really jump on his back, but he was, he was tall enough and more physical enough to get the uh, jump over and find, um, uh, pass it to Ferentz, right? So to me, he caught the ball first, and he had the possession, and then the receiver pulled the ball into his chest, held on to it, and then at that point, I didn't know what, what call to make. So I discussed it with my, uh, my ref. So I told him what I thought it should, be, it should have been um, uh, an interception because I felt like he had the majority of the ball. Obviously, the team, uh, I, so I called it as an interception. The game was over, and the team got very upset with me and told me you shouldn't have called that. It should have been a touchdown because, you know, we both had rights to the ball, and I had the right of way, and I should have got the ball. I thought differently. So since that day and maybe a day or two after that, from time to time we think about did I make the right call, uh, should it have been what he said, Yada, yada, yada. I even consulted you about it, and you pretty much agree what the team did. And I thought about it more, and I was like, you know what? They're both right. I did make the right call. And then I saw them again because I'm really cool with them uh, early this season. So I told uh, one of the guys, look, man, uh, I didn't really apologize because, you know, it was water under the bridge. But I was like, you know, I thought about it after a while, and then, you know, you were right. I apologized and made the book. I was like, yeah, don't worry about it, man. Water, water underneath the bridge, man. New season, let's do this, right? So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But that was one sticky situation. I made a call. But uh, the lesson behind that is that although you made the wrong call, don't let it ever deter you because I'm still here now and I'm still just as confident and even better now. And honestly, uh, I did want to play off the game again. And I felt like, you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake I did. Reffed it very well. And that was that. All right. Anything else to add before we go? Uh, I think that's it for now. I'm sure we'll be on future podcasts and we'll have other topics to talk about. So yeah. we'll reserve it for that. Yeah, man. Thank you for your time, man. That Thank was you, really sir. cool. All right. And we'll, we'll be back um, at some point. Referee rant, we're out. All right.